<laughs> that's so cute. They're having a normal conversation. That's cute. And not about murder. I know. Look at his face. That's so adorable. He's so tickled by her. He loves her so much. He's so entertained by her. I can't. I really can't. I'm so happy. Welcome to The Story Thinker, a Webtoons and Witcher podcast for superfans with scene-by-scene analysis. Featuring sharp co-hosts for a fuller picture, we dive deep into character psychology, relationships, and theories. We'd love it if you could like, subscribe, comment, and rate us on all podcast platforms and social media. For bonus content, you can support The Story Thinker on Patreon. Let's begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 148 of Purple Hyacinth Cute Celebration. Which did you ever think we would get the word cute in Purple Hyacinth? <laughs> it felt like a lie. It felt like what what else is there? But yeah, for the most part, it is what is on the what is on the box. It is what it said. Mm-hmm. And we're here with Bundan and Joy. Hello. Hello. Awesome. Well, we are so excited because this is uh, another fantastic episode. <laughs> I'm yes, just wonderful. Everything uh, so, we've ever wanted. No. So we open up with the very famous cafe that Purple Hyacinth begins in way, 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 way back. And it's the literally the first place that Kieran and Lauren met. Now they're back. <laughs> but no, their interaction. I mean, they didn't interact at all the first time. But basically, Lauren's on a date calls it a date but this time with a much better person because this guy is as far as we know not married and not a cheater <laughs> yeah, a i love how it's like this is the better date but he's like a murderer but at the same time no it is a better date because we know that kieran despite that is a better human being yeah. and he doesn't believe in sex before marriage so you know there's that. <laughs> yeah the meme <laughs> Oh, it's the best. And it's this stage and this beautiful afternoon glow. And it's just beautiful and serene and yellow tones and just just lovely. And Lauren tells him, you are, are aware that I'm technically supposed to be hiding after yesterday, which legit was my thought. I'm like, girl, you are like in a glass fronted cafe. Really? <laughs> yeah, no, it's like not very um, inconspicuous. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the one where it's like you're trying to hide it? Yes, I think. She's not even yes. wearing a wig. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. Well, oh, Kieran, she, we know she has wigs. <laughs> well, then again, Kieran did rush her out pretty fast, so it's like it was totally one of those spur of the moment things. So I'm not sure if he's particularly thinking too much at this point. Boy, I wanted to go on a date really, really badly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he he is there. I mean, they they both can protect themselves pretty well, I guess. And Kieran is sipping some coffee, looking very elegant, as we have already numerously, numerous times discussed. <laughs> He's like, you hiding? Look, I am actively, actually actively protecting you right now. See? Yes, he says so. And he's leaning forward, just banging on the table. If I wasn't here holding you against your will, you'd be out there running after dangerous crime lords. <laughs> Instead, you're safely stuck in a cafe with food in front of you. Oh, which is like the second time that we have seen her eat, right? She eats a yes. little bit later. The progress we've come so far. <laughs> she went from yes. one blueberry to one bite of cake. Completely one bite of cake. And I think also Kieran's getting more food too, because I was trying to remember when have we, I think he also has only eaten in season one and it was an apple. So. He didn't eat an apple in season one, yes. I remember because it was the morning after she slept over. Oh, Iconic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I was happy when he ate something healthy. But that was my first thought when I saw this cake. I was like, Lauren, you're finally eating and it's just, it's cake. <laughs> and she, the girl deserves a cake. She got her promotion finally. No, but I feel like she should eat dinner first and then cake. I don't know. I would, I would be very, I would like to have real food first. Anyway, whatever. Mm. Cake is great. <laughs> I love cake, cake is real food. Listen, I love cake. I just, if I was starving, I would want to eat like a meal and then have cake. But it's okay. Lauren can Lauren can have cake first. <laughs> I guess I'm saying this because I'm like really hungry now and I don't want cake. I want real food. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So Lauren's like, you're depriving me of my sleep to risk my life on a date 
with one of the said dangerous crime lord, which I didn't quite get the grammar, like the phrasing of the sentence, but she called it a date and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, she calls it a date. It is a date. If it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it is a duck. It is a date. But also one thing I want to say is that like, I don't know if this is just me, but it's like, I feel like there've been a lot of grammatical errors recently. And I wish that they would um, put more like effort into making it like better, get like maybe another set of eyes on it before they put it out. Cause I don't know if it's, I'm pretty sure that's the editor's job to make sure that everything is good. So it's like, editor, what are you doing? But then again, I know that sometimes maybe for fast pass things might not be like 100% and then by the time it's good for everybody it's fixed and whatever but like I don't know I'm just like these are like little things that like they should make sure that are you know better but I think that's more more on the editor than like F and Soph in my opinion potentially yeah I think that maybe they upload it really soon to the deadline so maybe they don't have time but I mean for about this we'll see yeah it's whatever I just try to pass it. I mean, you get what it means anyways, but like, I don't know, it, it does kind of pull me out of it sometimes when I'm reading and it's just like, that's not the correct way to say it. But, and it's been <laughs> happening like regularly for me. I don't yeah. know. For me, it's fun because like, I love um, languages and language, I, I listen to, I learn a lot about languages and it, languages, you know, use different ways to say things. And when you're translating, uh, you know, I think both, both SOF and F are, um, not native English speakers and even so like they live in Canada where they speak you know the French part um, more I think than English so it's just for me I find it interesting to see like what are they translating from and like how does that come out in when they're trying to you know say, say it in English so yeah that's why like I keep it that's why I try to keep that in mind and like not be too harsh on it but also I feel like season one and two didn't really have a lot of these spelling errors and I feel like this has been more of a season three thing so mm-hmm. I'm wondering what's I figure that it's probably the change in the editor that may be the reason for it, but I'm not sure. But um, either way, like for the for non-native English speakers who don't use English as regularly, it's, it's they do a good job of getting across what they need to, anyways. So, yeah. And Kieran gives her this little smirk, and he's like, "Isn't that what we've been doing since day one?" Which once again just means Kieran thinks they've been dating since day one. <laughs> okay, I think I might be pushing it. I don't think he really thought that, but whatever. It was playing along with it. (laughs) Yeah, it's like he's been risking her sleep and her life all this time, you know, and she's kind of gone along with it of her own free will. So, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she laughs and says, Sure, thanks for the cake. I'm starving. And she finally eats something. And he just looks, he's like leaning back with this look of contentment and peace and pride. He says, Congrats again, detective. Never doubted your capacity since I first saw you here. That is incredible. And now we have this amazing flashback. And that's true. It's not a lie. We have this flashback, right? Which we saw, um, we're seeing the scene, like all the way back from season one, from Kieran's perspective, where Lauren is like pushing Mr. Evan, the liar and the cheat around, (laughs) saying, maybe use that time to help your company out for real this time or spend some more time with your wife. And now we see Kieran looking at them and there are some new panels and you see him in the background, elegantly dressed, sipping his coffee and laughing. He's laughing at them. And this is the first time he's seen Lauren. Whoa. Uh, Boy saw her and was immediately like, damn, I love a woman who could kick my ass. I know it. I know it in my heart. Yep. Uh, It was definitely love at first sight. And I believe he... He seemed to refer to that very often, like when he was trying to talk to Kim and Will about, oh yeah, we're trying to cover the fact that they're meeting up for loon missions. He was like, yeah, we're dating. We met at this cafe and I saw her there and like that was, and totally pulling stuff out of his head. But that's the first thing he thinks of. It's like, if he was to tell, if he ever has future children, whatever, he would tell future kids this is where I met your mother at the cafe oh I know that's a really good point that's the first thing you thought of which by the way this line I was like oh my gosh I was wondering are they gonna is he gonna mention the fact that like the fact that he saw her at the cafe is that why he didn't kill her 
because we've all wondered, right? Like we have this the text in the in the story, you know, if I had met you that night, like I why did he like why did I kill you or things had been different if I had known why why I didn't kill you. And it's like we were like, okay, uh, you know, one of the speculations is like they know each other as kids or whatever, or does he know because of Dylan? And then there's also like maybe he didn't because he met her at the cafe, which doesn't really make sense because then he would know. But still, I was wondering if he was going to address it, and he didn't. So <laughs> I guess yeah. it wasn't because of the cafe. I feel like the cafe scene, like even if like there's no like prior connection, I feel like there is. But even if there isn't, I feel like the cafe scene also can kind of establish that Kieran has kind of seen her lie detecting in action which is why he was so easy to like accept it when he when he was like on the floor tackled handcuffed and she's like trying to interrogate him and stuff right so and I also think that endeared him to her a lot which is also why he kind of like began to like tease her and like didn't mind working with her because I don't know he kind of he already liked her energy from before so I don't know I think that it's like little things that they kind of use to justify how we got here and all the steps that happened I, I think it's really smart um, it's it's so sweet to know that he liked her right away I'm totally not surprised because yeah Lauren Lauren and Kieran are very well suited for each other They're, they just are and you know Purple Hyacinth the fact that it's a long you know what's the word slow burn romance um, I think it allows you to see that these characters are drawn to each other for you know really legitimate profound reasons and one of the things that like in a shallow romance whether it's a webtoon a book a movie there'll be characters that are attracted to each other for like no reason at all and you're like why are these two people interested in each other like what's making them um drawn to each other but kieran and lauren really like their personalities through and through like you can really understand why they like each other and yes from the very beginning i, I really enjoy seeing that they've also had that great chemistry that always helps like it's nothing to like say that you like someone but like if you sit in a room say nothing to each other and there's that like energy there it's like so good to see and they've had that since day one yeah this whole date it was just amazing banter and she she continues eating so she looks like she's had at least two bites and she says oh god i forgot you actually witnessed that disastrous date and she like he says no worries kim stole your thunder by banging your hand on the window interesting tactic i'll give you guys that <laughs> and she's like ha, i dread the day i'll have to return the favor and now she asks him want to share and notice there is one piece of cake one fork and guess what he takes the fork that has just been in her mouth uses it to take a piece of cake and put it fully in his mouth he doesn't even like take the cake off of the the fork he puts the whole fork in his mouth which as much of the fandom has pointed out means basically it's their first kiss yeah, no, um, I really like this anime called Kaguya-sama Love is War, and it's about, like, teenagers trying to play mind games to get the other to confess that they're in love first, and the one big thing that they do sometimes is, like, oh my god, it's an indirect kiss, like, what if they, like, drink from the same drink or eat from the same utensil and stuff, so when I saw that, I was, like, oh, indirect kiss, like, how it was <laughs> in the show, and I was just, like, god, but yeah, I was just, like, they're really, they're really just doing this, huh, hmm, I see good thing to to feed us slowly getting us to the point it's slow but we will get there eventually progress has been made it's awesome it's amazing yeah and he just he while he's taking the fork he says i think your brain suffered quite enough concussions for now setting the building on fire can work just as good as an excuse to end a bad date just saying while he's eating he says oh god there, there was one time when i actually and he's like <laughs> he's choking he's like wait hold on how is there a one time that's oh so cute they're having a normal conversation that's cute and not about murder no look at his face that's so adorable he's so tickled by her he loves her so much he's so entertained by her I can't I really can't I'm so happy it's just like oh they're just yeah like like you said having a normal conversation they're no stress no tension I mean okay fine they are kind of referencing like you know joking about their life but still it's amazing and it's so happy and it's so beautiful <laughs> and joyous and just the good stuff and this is how the whole the whole life should be amen <laughs> yeah amen <laughs> hey, I'd like to point out that it's like this is the first time Lawrence actually enjoyed herself on a date like Way back when it appears that she, that her uncle had a thing of always setting her up with, what about this guy? What about this guy? He's 
eligible and they'd go on a date and she'd get bored really fast and she'd be zoning out. And I think kind of one of the things, if the Mr. Evans date was any indication, one of the main things that those guys tended to do would be they just sit around and talk about themselves. Yeah, I did this and I did that and yada, 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 yada. And they don't allow her to be an active participant in the conversation, really. And anytime they do talk to her, it's to flatter her. Hmm. So it's... So it's kind of the thing of uh, kind of Kieran does one thing they do have this connection, but also he's almost treat, he does treat her like a human being with thoughts and feelings. And so she lets her share her stories that she wants and he makes commentary back and they're just having a normal back and forth. Oh, I know. It's awesome. They're so good for each other. Yeah, and they continue. The back and forth is amazing. Mm-hmm. It continues, and she laughs. She's like, "No, no, no! I was going to say there was that one time when I might have accidentally knocked over a candlestick at a New Year's party and almost started a fire. I was leaning against the wall, and God, I was bored out of my mind. I swear the soiree was painfully long." And he's just leaning back, and you know that grin, that like, "Oh, I love you." Grin. He you just know? loves hearing her talk. Oh, amazing. Oh. and he's like, "So I see." It wasn't accidental at all. (laughs) So cute. And she's like, I guess I fell asleep without even noticing, slowly leaning towards the table. And that's when I, and then she's just like, he's talking and he is just staring at her with besotted eyes. Uh, The expression, once again, amazing. The the ability to draw besotted Kieran. You know, know, one word to describe Kieran in this scene is content. He's Mm. just he's just sitting there he's just happy to like being able to talk to her and have this like nice casual moment and he's enjoying himself and he's not stressed about anything it's just so nice to see especially when you compare it to what happens later behind you when he has to like go back into his murder persona and it's sad to see him kind of just shut down where before we see him so like animated and happy and lively with Lauren and then with everybody else it's just Mwah. but also sad but happy to see for now <laughs> oh, it's amazing it's gorgeous you see him like but it zooms out a little and she's like raising her hands and being all animated while he's just leaning back and absorbing her it's so beautiful mm-hmm. I was a little okay well I guess the next scene I was a little like waiting for some drama to happen like I was like is someone gonna shoot in through the window like and then the next panel is it zooms out even further and it's the the building it says 1889 is the cafe building it's, it seems to be mysteriously isolated like with nothing else on either side but whatever i'm assuming that's just for graphic purposes but there are two, two cars one in front and one on the side and i'll be honest i was a little i am a little sus of these cars because i'm like why do we see them that i think someone's spying on them what do you think I didn't pay any mind to the cars honestly I saw that that was a, a theory kind of floating around I was just like I think it's just there to fill this space and not make it look as empty in the in the shot with the building All that's right. just me Joy what do you think I don't know I think we'd have to kind of see if it ever comes up because honestly I can get what how you can think that it's they're probably there could be some spying because it's purple Hyatt's and after all. You can't trust anyone. And you especially can't trust the authors. So, <laughs> but it does make sense. The, like, did we see other people in here? Yeah, there's a few other people. So it could be just their cards or something. Like, you're not going to expect a fairly, fairly well-known establishment to be, like, dead empty, especially since this is the time that everyone got off work. So it's like, eh, I can see both. Mm-hmm. We'll see. If something comes of it, then Mindy was right. If nothing comes of it, Mindy was right. <laughs> yeah, we shall see. All right. So now we switch to the palace. And we have um, first it's night and then it's day. So I'm assuming it's saying it's the next day. Right? Is that what it's trying to say? I don't know because... It could be, but I, I kind of assumed that this scene here with Lauren and Kieran transitions into 
what we see after this palace scene where they meet up with everybody else because Kieran's wearing the same outfit mm. okay so I figured I don't know maybe if I kind of looked at this and thought maybe it was like to indicate that they had been talking about this whole revelation in the file that Lauren gave Dokken for the entire night potentially okay, okay. that was that just me I, I could be wrong I like that that makes sense also they go to celebrate Lauren getting out getting her promotion I figured they would do it on the day but also maybe that was just because Kim wasn't released that day so they did it the day after but for me I think it's the same day okay yeah makes sense so they are in Doc and Rimesville's office and um the king is saying this is astounding the proof in this is unequivocal which is complimentary to our dear detectives that have been working on it how could he have been hiding right under our noses this entire time Redcliffe is one of them, then who else among the noble society can be? Wow. Finally, finally he thinks maybe the people around me are not as trustworthy as I think. I love this king. He's so naive. He reminds me a lot of um okay, I know I know that you haven't watched House of the Dragon, but like the king in that show, he's kind of just content to let his ministers run his stuff and he he's like everybody's kind of doing their own thing and I don't want to be like politicking and dealing up with all these factions I just want to I just want everybody to get along and have a nice time so he he gives me very that vibes minus the slowly disintegrating over the course of the story but yeah very kind of a naive non-proactive king kind of letting everybody else kind of sway him yeah yeah and I thought of this. Sorry. Good. Um, I'm thinking like, so the king could also be on his own journey throughout this series. Like, like I think one of the first time we see him, he's easily swayed by other, by like what the nobles are saying, what the queens are saying. But he still is a good man at heart. He still does have an idea of what's right, and he also is very much aware that things do need to change in their society. Um, and I think he's, he does know what needs to change. He just needs, he's just needing to take up the leadership. And I don't know, we haven't seen him a whole lot, but I think the story is kind of trying to push him with some of these revelations like, oh, Redcliffe and some of the nobles are kind of not as much on my side as I would think they are and it's finally getting him to start realizing hey he needs I need to step up as the king I am the leader of this country and if I want to see the start see the change that I want I need to step up step up and lead it and not just wait for someone else to so I, I think so. that's kind of the arc that he's going on Hmm. yeah you know it's interesting I don't know if Sylvan ever paying so much attention to him but I think that would be a great story for him um I would I would hope to to see that kind of growth from him yeah it would be interesting to kind of see if there's any sort of progression on his part or if he kind of just keeps as he is and then by the end of it he lets his own complacency kind of lead to his overturning or death or hmm. the end of the monarchy be interesting to see if there's any sort of pro- progress with that yeah yeah i'm definitely curious to see what the political structure will look like by the end of this um this the story but anyway i thought that the transition into the next you know he goes like oh who else is suspicious and the next <laughs> picture is like the queen and Dawkins. the queen is you know her back is to us Dawkins' back is to everyone and he's crossed his arms Stefan is like missing an eye and has crossed his arms. I mean, they they all look so horribly sus. It's just hilarious. Mm, it's like, oh, which okay. one of these three will it be? <laughs> or all three? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. The Queen and Darkin seem so antagonistic towards each other. I don't see them. Well, they could have just their own motives that are just generally not good, but are divergent. Yeah, I don't know. I, I still like my queen theory, though. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I still like it. Oh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a hilarious panel. I think it's very well composed and very ironic and very funny. 
he's such a funny guy. And he's like, ah, and he wants to organize a parlay at his ball, ha. Huh? And you focus in on, on Daka, and Daka looks very grim. His, oh, I don't even know. There's so many reasons he could be looking this way. It's it's a little hard to like, you know, read his expression. I, I, I guess my first thought is that at the very least, Dawkins did think that the parlay would be effective in in meeting the people, right? And he he expresses that later. So even if um, you know, whether Redcliffe is or isn't PS, he really understood and and was has a strong conviction that the people needed to be heard and that meeting with a PS is necessary. So I think he's sad that that is not going to happen, which I totally get. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. And McQueen, of course, is just going off on her rocker and there is no negotiating to be done with them. They've been mocking and taunting us for too many years. If those circus be arrested and put behind bars immediately. Oh, God. Lady. Like, let's just, let's just assume the circus members are anything but circus members and you know just put them in jail for yeah, being she perfect. really doesn't understand how bad the her the publicity is on that whole thing like she's not like understanding that she and her actions will not go without consequence and that her vendetta against like just being as harsh as possible is not in her best interest or the best interest of her family or her position Mm-hmm. Joy, you were saying something? I know, it's like the queen has always come across to me as someone who is very power hungry. Um, she just reminds me of a lot of real life politicians that they make all these laws and, you know, and some of them sound good, some of them don't sound good, but, you know, you almost wonder how much thought are actually going into some of the policies that get passed and but she either doesn't think about him or she doesn't care about the consequences because it's not like she has to deal with them for the most part. And mm-hmm. so she just, a lot of hers, like this, I think later she talks about, let's just raid the underground or something. That's like second time she's, second or third time she has said that. And so she is all about the power show and asserting her power over people but she but yeah and I think when you do get to that level of power hunger you don't really start to think through a lot of implications either to yourself or like long-term implications of them mm-hmm. I think that's exactly right I think that she's blinded by her, her her negativity and to the point where she isn't even thinking in terms of her own self-interest which you know it sounds ludicrous but then again people act like this all the time she's she's being very reactionary and very short-sighted um and not really being smart she's kind of seeing it as, as very black and white and yeah like you said is not really acting in her best self-interest she's just acting in the way that she wants to kind of like flex her power mm-hmm. yeah and Dawkins, of course, is not that into it, you know? And she says, I, I don't care if this cursed leader sends his entire armor of assassins to kill a red club at the tower. I cannot tolerate this humiliation any longer. And your own son has been working for them. Oh, whoops, sorry. That, that was the king saying it. Never mind. I was enjoying the drama, dramatic voice. <laughs> and you do the, the voice king. well. I was going to say, you really put like the, the bitchiness <laughs> and the exasperation in it. Thank you. Uh, One thing I also I will say about the queen is that she really just does not care about the people at all. The only thing she cares about is her own power and her son, I'm pretty sure. So and like, again, she doesn't realize that working in the best self-interest of the people is also the interest of protecting her son. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, power. Have you studied the history of revolutions? The royal children do not end up alive. (laughs) A lot of the times. Yeah. No. Yeah, sadly. And now the king looks at Stefan and he says, and your own son has been working for them. This is sickening. Were you aware of any of it? What tells us you haven't been collaborating with them too? Yes, we, we have questions. <laughs> I was kind of surprised that they mentioned Raphael. I wasn't sure. I didn't even think of him being included in the file on um, 
on Redcliffe, but it makes sense that he would be because it's information that could be useful to them. I so, too. yeah. That's a really good point because now is Will going to find out? And he's, is he going to be mad at, you know, Lauren? Lauren's not telling, telling him. him. Mm-hmm. Stefan, I have to say, I know everyone hates Wolf's Day on it, but he looks fantastic in this next picture. He's got those amazing blue eyes. Mm. He looks Sorry. so much like his sons. Kind of makes me mad, but also I'm happy to know that they'll age well, especially Will. Well, yeah, I mean, he has a more square face for sure than Will. I found mm-hmm. a little bit more of a square face, but um, yeah, I mean, he's very good looking. <laughs> and this man, and then the queen says, don't be ridiculous, Philip, which makes Doc and raise his eyebrow. Now, I first saw that, I was like, wait, 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 is the queen defending Stefan because she's trying to cover something up that she knows? Uh... Yeah, I think that the queen and Stefan are in cahoots somehow. Um, that's why I'm not still, I'm not 100% sold on Stefan being involved in the Phantom Size just because he seems so traditionally adhering to like the current class system and like you know with his son and everything so I'm just like I personally don't know if I can see it if he's involved in some other thing to just get more power than maybe um the fact that the queen is is defending him and that Dokken finds that interesting kind of indicates that there's something there whatever that is I'm not sure but it makes Dokken kind of be like interesting what is happening here and they're by definition us so I like that <laughs> what do you think Joy yeah. I think there might be a lot more, like, a lot more stuff going on, like, behind the scenes, because I'm not 100% sold on the queen active, queen actively being in the side. That seems way too much of a stretch to, to be, to have a very open stance against the poor oppressed people in your city, and then also have your hand in this organization that says they are for the for the press like you can't serve two masters but see but she like we mentioned before she's very power hungry she she could be working on her own little coup d'etat that is that is that could be more like as much of a threat as the site is but perhaps even more so because she's doing it covertly like whatever it is that she and Stefan and company are planning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So you were saying how Dawkins is suspicious of this, uh, raises eyebrow with this defense. What do you think of that? I'm thinking there's probably some like other side thing with the queen and Stefan that's also like their own little coup d'etat whatever to try to amass more power for themselves and i'm i'm not exactly sure what it is but i think they're doing their own thing that's unrelated with the site but it's kind of like they're trying to arrest power for themselves and they're doing that covertly so i think that's a side story but also if like it's kind of an interesting thing political intrigue thing to have in the background but for it to actually come out in the story I think that would make it a little too clunky mm. mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely something it's intriguing and fun <laughs> and now Kira, oh, what's his name um Stefan says something and I wish I wish we had Lauren around to lie detect this he says I knew nothing of it your royal highness I just owned Raphael since he left to be with some lowly so-called actress from the south shore Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As far mm-hmm. as we can tell, you murdered that lowly actress. And that's what caused him to leave. That's what we've been picking, you know, picking up. Yeah, what? for Raphael to call him a murderer, the fact that Talia has been missing for like 10 years, uh, that that he's still butthurt about it, like suspicious. You can just say that with a cold, calculated face. And he continues. He says, I never heard from him again. In over a decade, nor have I sought it. If he has indeed been collaborating with the Phantom Sight, he deserves to rot behind bars. And in the background, you still see Dokken just with his, you know, crossed arms. And the king says, we will see if he corroborates your version of the story once we find him. He's apparently been missing for a while now. And what does that mean, missing for a while now, as in missing for like all those years or missing as in like the last month? 
I think like they would have known like if they had heard about Raphael being around they would have informed his dad and stuff so I feel like they mean that like missing 10 years thing mm. but like I don't know okay and Stefan says and I will glad you help you help you catch him and Dawkins looks at him like my my reading of that look is like how low can you go like how how can you be so dismissive of your son where it's like you know no matter what your child is doing he's still your child and it's like this callousness to son that's how i i view daka's expression but obviously it could be so many things what do you think um i think he's just kind of generally he's just been sitting there listening to the back and forth going on this whole time um i think he's just kind of obtaining like you know he's kind of keeping things in his mind thinking things over and stuff it could be a bit of that considering how how much of his own paternal instinct is there for lauren for example like wanting to like make sure she's okay take her like was thinking of taking her to the palace and stuff but wanting her to have a normal childhood so your point actually is really interesting because i didn't really think of him kind of judging seven for being such a terrible father but i could definitely see that i don't know i think he's just kind of reading the room and kind of seeing what everybody is saying and before he speaks what do you think yeah, well, hmm. it might kind of be all of the above like i my first thought was maybe kind of suspicion like like he thinks it's somehow suspicious that ad hoc is just so eager to jump to jump in on his son like like he's been connected with Hawks and like Hawks and Sinclair's have kind of been and I think Blanche have kind of been like there was the game or it's something like that. So he and surely he would know how Hawks has been treating the son that is left, Will. So it's not like he this is the first time he's realizing that he's a bad father, but you know. I think he might see that there's something suspicious with the way that he's all of a sudden so eager to join in on the manhood mm. and offer, yeah, I'll help you. Like like you said, some of it is like, this is supposed to be your son. And yes, he isn't the most tender loving father on the planet, but, <laughs> you know, maybe he thinks that's still a little too soon because wouldn't, because yeah, like, like he's just maybe too eager to disassociate. Mm. Yeah, somehow. like he's especially after like I don't know. I think he finds that somewhat suspicious. Uh, right now I can't think of why because he's already disowned the son over <laughs> loving the wrong person, so to speak. So, I yeah. Maybe Dawkins has some personal experience with that. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. And the king continues and he says, we've already found their hideout at the Devils. As far as we know, they are virtually defenseless now, which is a really big estimate. Like, he's like, does he really think he got all their weapons? Like, Yeah, I was about to say, like, they probably found a, a decent um, chunk of their stockpile and their arsenal but i doubt that that's all like the only cash that they have is probably the largest but they're not defense less by any means i would think yeah well yeah the king i mean the naive <laughs> yeah i think also some of that is the they've been getting some pretty big hits i mean ever since loon came in and started helping them they have really cleaned house on the phantom side thing like they had a whole factory arc where they had this nitroglycerin that was going to He's a bomb, and now they've found another hideout for the weapons. So they are cleaning out pretty well. So I thinking from that perspective, he might be thinking that it's going to look a little more optimistic. But also, yes, never underestimate the Phantom Scythe. They they've got some tricks up their sleeves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess it's just you know indicative of the king's naivete. And he says, if we get our hands on one of the leader's generals too, one of their pillars, we can make the rest of the organization crumble. Which makes me a little nervous because it's like either he could be referring to, let's say, someone like Stefan, or is he 
is he like maybe is is this like a Kieran related thing where he's like, well, if we catch the purple hyacinth, then you know, we'll we'll make them crumble. I'm like, I'm nervous. I I was thinking I maybe generals he meant apostles since those are like yeah. kind of the big like movers and shakers of the organization. So uh, that's what I thought. Um, but I was like. And like the file clearly says that Redcliffe is like on the rocks with the leaders, so they'd probably want to go for someone else. Oh. But we really don't know who any of the other apostles are other than Redcliffe. So mm -hmm. yeah, okay. I, I was wondering, like, I feel like it's gonna be referenced to in the future, like it's gonna be something that's a goal, and I'm nervous about it. Yeah. And Queen is like, this is our chance now. Take over their underworld, destroy their network, extort information by all means possible from Redcliffe. And the other phantoms we will capture and this scourge once and for all. Oh, lady. Whatever. Please stop being so like gung ho about yeah. this. Be smart and think for more than two seconds and stop being so reactionary. God. Mm -hmm. And Dawkins is very wise at this moment. And he says, We have to act quickly, but not rashly. Mm -hmm. Finally speaks. The file says it here. The leader must be aware of Redcliffe's shifting loyalty. He must already be prepared to assassinate him and function without him. Which is like, hmm, Dawkin, do you know this because of the file? Or do you know this because of some other reason? <gasps> hmm. He's like, I've said it before. We might be able to paralyze the Phantom Scythe by swarming the underworld, but their popularity amongst the people has been rising over the last few weeks. The king is listening very intently. Yours has been spiraling down. And he just like, Go straight to Elizabeth. Like, not even, no punches held or barred or whatever. Holds barred. <laughs> she needs to hear it, though. She needs to hear that she's sounding like a crazy dictator and not like, and that any action she takes can result in uh, like a revolution. I think it's great. I'm very proud of that he's doing this because, like, someone has to tell him. <laughs> I mean, he's been trying mm. for years, apparently. And Stefan is, is getting involved. It's good that the king has not really surrounded himself with a bunch of yes men but, mm -hmm. and that there are people who kind of challenge things. I think that's really important to have in any sort of like organization and government or anything like that, where mm -hmm. you can't just have people being like, yes, let's go with this thing, like difference of opinion, perspective, whatever is really valuable. So I think he's being the voice of reason right now. Yeah, that's great. And Dawkins says, we have to give the people what they want or soon enough, your heads will be rolling on the ground next to the apostles. Strong words, man. Strong mm -hmm. words. And he you kind of have to wonder, is there a little threat there? If he's part of the PS, like, is that something he's thinking about? Like, that he'll be involved in making that happen? <laughs> I still have hope that he's a good person. Oh, I, I think even if he kills Elizabeth, he's still a good person, personally. <laughs> Elizabeth, I have no, I mean, besides the fact that it'd be sad for little Arthur, like, that's what I was about to say. It's like, I don't want that sweet boy to lose his mom. That's the only reason I don't want her dead. Fine. Send Elizabeth far, far away. She can go to like a country home with her little son and she should just be occupied in, you know, not politics at all. She can yeah, do no. arts and crafts. They can go to the river. They can farm. They Crochet. Can <laughs> she can learn how to knit. Yes, paint, watercolors, piano, mm -hmm. anything but ruling. <laughs> yes, she's not suited for this life. <laughs> and he's like, Redcliffe is adored by the public thanks to his philanthropy and advocacy. So arresting him officially would only add oil to the fire and anger the masses. There is a much more intelligent approach we should consider. And you should listen to me very carefully. <sighs> All right. And then we have all three people looking at him intently. We have the king, we have Stefan, and we have the queen. And that's where the sequence ends. Glad that they're listening to him, at least. Hearing him out and not shutting him down immediately. It's a good change of pace. Yeah, and he's being forceful. Um, I have to, you know, for me, I have this whole thing with it where I have to learn to be more assertive in the workplace. Mm. Um, very assertive in my personal life, apparently, but not in the workplace. And, um, you know, there's, it's a whole thing about like, you know, dynamics and how people get along and how people will treat you and blah, blah, blah. It's just something that's very much on my mind. And I, I really like a thought of that when I saw Doc and it's like, you know, he is trying his best and he's being outspoken so he can save the organization. Right. 
you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's maybe difficult and you'd maybe rather like do something else, but he's trying his best to change it from within. <sighs> he's trying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see if him trying pays off. Yep. So now we go to the hospital and it is daytime and we have the doors opening and Kira rushes out. She's like, ah, it's me. <sighs> It's awesome. It's awesome. So mm. cute. I'm so, so glad room. that she's finally able to be in the plot again. <laughs> ah, it's adorable. And she is like literally running out. She's like, ah, the warmth of the sun, the freshness of the breeze. I forgot this is what freedom tasted like. <laughs> okay, I just I just now thought of uh she's almost acting like Rapunzel, you know, from Tangles when she first mm-hmm. breaks out of town. She's like, You feel the grass the way they dream, baby. Like she's acting like she's been stuck in the hospital for 18 years instead of like <laughs> what is it? A few like 18 days, maybe maybe a month. No, not quite a month. Is it a month? Um, a few weeks though. i don't remember anymore i can't keep track of the timeline i think we could track it because of the the cave blah blah blah, 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 blah. i don't know yeah but yeah she but she's acting like she has like like she's been in prison for this super long time and <laughs> like in the grand scheme of things she hasn't been in there all that long <laughs> and lucas is coming out and he's been in there longer so it's cute that they're coming out together but he's just like nonchalant and he says well actually he's more than nonchalant he is downright you know abusive Wrong like, yeah your photosynthesis out of the way i want to go home <laughs> a plus lucas line we've missed you my boy oh i love it yeah and and she grabs his neck in a chokehold and she's like somebody needs to teach you how to appreciate the simple pleasures of life which is 100 true girl yeah boy i mean and he's like, not sure how he'll achieve that by sending me right back to the hospital. <laughs> and he's like, oh, come on. You were barely in there for a few days because you almost died. Don't be so dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> this coming like, from the girl who's... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I go, here you go. I'm like, she's the one who don't be dramatic. And I'm like, this is coming from the girl who is making a big deal that, oh, I am finally free. I have to be trapped in this hospital for a couple weeks, a month, or however long. That is not 18 years. Yes. <laughs> yeah, forget that, like, um, Lucas was in a coma. Like, he was fully, like, out of it for several weeks. I think Kim has been in there for, like, maybe a week or two. <laughs> so, like, yeah, wow. And they both get out at the same time just shows how dire his condition was. Mm-hmm. And now we have the sweetest thing ever. We have all their friends coming to greet them, and it's Will in front and Lila, who's like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and uh, Lauren's laughing, and even Kieran is there. And look at the crew; they're so cute. Look how sharp William is looking. I know, Boy, right? Dressed up, he's looking dapper for the in-laws. <laughs> I maintain, and for the future wife. Future <laughs> wife. Yep. And Lucas is like, Medusa's kiss was it? I wonder where they sell it. <laughs> this is terrible. He's such a bad person. Yeah, she's like, all right, what are you saying? And he runs away. And Will just grabs Kim trying to prevent home murder. And he's just like, he's like, Kim, he just got out of the hospital. Lauren's laughing and Kieran is looking. Note, he's not looking at the other people. He is looking at Lauren laughing. He derives <laughs> secondhand pleasure from seeing her be happy he just likes being in her presence and seeing her happy oh, it's beautiful. So I, beautiful i know just, uh, so she laughs and he's like she's like it's a relief to see them back to normal and she's like we need to go and celebrate this beautiful day and lauren's promotion let's go to the pub tonight i was just thinking of episode 84 by the way yeah, i think that's the same pub too right because that that was also a pub wasn't it she's like yes more please i wish i wish we could have seen it but again it'd probably be redundant story wise but yeah it's fun, it's fun to see but this episode's already really long so i don't blame them mm-hmm. and kira's like <laughs> i'm afraid i've retired from my successful singing career <laughs> you know unforeseen circumstances i am sure william claps the shoulder can carry the show alone 
Oh my gosh, the adorableness. The adorable. No, okay. Putting down my phone. I need more Will and Kieran moments. <laughs> I need them to be guy friends. I need the bromance. I need I need it. I love it. It that this this one interaction made me so happy. Just like let the boys be friends. Let them let them be bros. I want it. I need it. So good. So cute. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> they we see a whole lot of like Lauren and Kim and like all of the girls and but we never really see like we haven't really seen Kieran with much anyone outside of Lauren. Kim a little bit. He's done some interaction, but not a whole lot with Will. But it's but I think it's very clear that the but that there has been a lot of interaction like behind the scenes that they that they are developing this kind of bond where he can joke around they can he's free to kind of joke around with them. And one thing I would love to see is uh, like Kim, Kieran and William just sitting together and they're discussing their love lives the way guys do is like you know, it's like, yeah, she's such a great girl. Like, I don't know. And one of my favorite things is you talk about, oh, she's a great girl, yeah, wonderful. Those pens of golden eyes. Wait a minute, uh-huh. she has blue eyes. Wait, are we even talking about the same girl anymore? Uh-huh. And they like, I don't know. But I don't know, that's kind of based on some other show that I'd seen, but uh, but yeah, just having them maybe talking about their respective love lives or whatever else, or maybe even trying to, you know, or just general talking. It's hmm. gorgeous. That would be cute. Amazing. And then Will responds in kind, and he's like, whoa, throwing me under the bus like that, Karen? I thought we had something going on between us. Oh, <laughs> love Will going with the joke, laughing so with it, cute. joking around. We need more jokey, fun times, Will. Kim's influence, I swear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. And Kim just grabs Lucas by the collar, and she's like, "Just found the right replacement. I found just the right replacement." And and he's like, "Why wouldn't it be you and Lauren, huh?" And he's like, "Yeah, that's true. Should be the Kieran says that should be the ladies' turn now." She's like, all right, challenge accepted. And Lauren's like, no. And she's like, sorry, um, uh, so you know, guys, I got a lot of work to catch up on lately. <laughs> Which part of it is like, she doesn't want to sing, but part of it I think is she's like, I can't really go to a pub or I shouldn't really go to a pub. <laughs> yeah, she's sleep deprived. She really just wants an excuse to go back home and take a nap. <laughs> yeah, no, because like also like, okay, the cafe, but like, you know, she should be hiding, girl. Like, or, you know, keeping a low profile. <laughs> hmm. And they're all just laughing, everyone, and it's so cute. Kieran and Will and Lila and Kim and even Lucas looks like there's a little grit on his face. And it's just mm-hmm. the sweetest. And then they all head off together, and it's the most beautiful panel ever. And it's just so beautiful to see a moment of peace and a respite and a beauty. The and sky is gorgeous. The sun. Mm. Yeah, and now Lauren is looking at all of her friends. She's looking at Kieran laughing with Will. Kieran laughing with Kim and then just Kieran <laughs> and she thinks to herself she has a smile on her face beautiful smile and she thinks he looks happy <sighs> he should, he deserves to be happy all the time <sighs> I just, just we're just <laughs> we're speechless I, know. I love this <laughs> song mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah uh, I think this is really kind of impactful for Lauren as well because sorry I don't mean to ruin the moment but I don't think she's really seen Kieran like this happy like I know we were like talking in the circus like in the one where she was hypnotized and like Kieran was gonna kick out of having her act like a kid and being happy and carefree and she's kind of having her own moment where she gets to watch her beloved just be happy and not have chaos hanging over his head I mean they probably still are but he's not like showing in it's not like it's weighing him down at this moment because he can just enjoy the presence of being with friends and be joking with them about whether or not they should go to the pub and sing and all that kind of stuff and 
I think it's kind of, she knows a lot of his background now, and she knows where he comes from, so I think it's given her a lot more satisfaction to see him looking so happy and peaceful mm-hmm. in this moment. Yeah, right, that's why it's so meaningful, because he's so rarely had it before. Uh yeah, I think the only time that kind of comes close to this is when they went to the new the New Year's party with the rest of the precinct, right? And like, obviously, that kind of got like mulled down when she began to remember like the revelations she had heard in the circus the first time. But like when they were singing and drinking and dancing, it was all really nice, and she got to see that side of him kind of be carefree and happy for once. And I think like her seeing it again now is just kind of like it makes her it makes her happy to see him happy, just like how him seeing her happy makes him happy mm-hmm. it's mutual yeah and someone actually had brought out some of that in the last um at that bar scene he mentioned something about oh yeah i'll, I'll i have plenty of friends i can set her up with uh, or set you up with and it was a lie because he, he has no friends but now he does the baby has friends <laughs> the baby has friends and now for more what and so i feel like uh this group in the 11th precinct is particularly, they're particularly friendly, and I think they all do have a genuine heart to serve the people and protect them. And so I think there's just something about this group specifically. I kind of realized that that's kind of what happened with Harvey and why he became so ineffective as a spy was because he started making friends with this group mm. in the 11th precinct, and he and as he became friends and started joking with and doing pranks with Kim and all that, he was suddenly, I don't want to be working against them anymore. I mm-hmm. don't want to be reporting and trying to thwart them in their mission and starting to realize that what he's involved in is wrong. I think that might be the main reason why he was offed. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. I never thought of that. But that's really that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that would be very sweet and sad at the same time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's okay. So now we have even more sweetness. We have Will, of course, only Will, accompanying Kim home, <laughs> and her parents open up the door, and her mom's hugging her, obviously like squeezing the life out of her. And we have this like super handsome young dude who looks like he's twenty five years old, and it's like. <laughs> Kim's dad looks dad. Kim's dad is a dilf, guys. Oh. He doesn't even look like a dilf. He just looks like a guy that's like two, two years old or like 20 uh, years old. Oh, Kim's mom, you're so lucky. <laughs> oh, it's really cute. And yeah, Will is uh, also just making his faces. But, you know, it's it's adorable. It's like, I don't even question. It's like, oh, why is Will taking her home? I don't know. Her parents, her parents were like, oh, yes, have Will pick you up. And it's like they're planning to get them together. It's like, yes, we love him. Yes. You can, you you young people have fun. You can come back home later. Yeah. Like, yes, that's what I've accepted. That's awesome. And uh, we have our Lila and Luca, Lucas walking home together. Lila, they're not even looking at each other, but Lila looks very happy. So whatever the relationship is, it seems to be working for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also like seeing her in red. Such a nice, bold color. Mm-hmm. She reminds me of Karen City and go with that outfit. <laughs> oh, she does. Yeah, it's cute. And now we have Lauren. And Lauren's in bed in her nightgown. And she's just, you know, thinking. And we don't get any any thoughts. But my thought is that because we, we go from the panels of the couples and the couples and the couples to now Lauren, I think she's thinking, I think what it indicates is that she started to think of Kieran in that way. Like, is he my person? You know, Will and Kim have, you know, so far, it looks like they're getting their person. Lucas and Lila have their person. And like, is Kieran my person? You know? Yeah, you I do? think Lily put this really well in the survey. I forget what it was about, but it's like, generally, we we kind of think that she is sort of evaluating her relationship with Kieran, what it means. And so, and I don't know necessarily if it's in a romantic way, but like, approaching it I think I think she's kind of just thinking about how close they've become again and how how much she's grown to care about him and stuff like that and how happy it makes her to see him happy and I find I was like I find it's ironic that this entire time she's been talking about wanting to go 
to sleep, but she's just lying there awake thinking, which I was like, huh. Of course, like just thoughts of the boy is like not letting her sleep. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, it's so sweet. I'm so excited. I just, I just love it. And I'm happy for their relationships, all of their relationships to just blossom. So beautiful. But now that we've had our fluff and our, our happiness, all good things must come to an end. <laughs> And we transitioned into Great Chapel, Great Chapel's finest. And our, our dear Karen is walking, um, dressed very nicely, but for mm-hmm. a sad occasion. Like um, my son, Kieran in a coat, got to be one of my favorite genders. <laughs> yes. And he looks very different than how he looked in the morning. He looks very depressed, anxious, um, angry. So, I was gonna say he looks very dead-eyed neutral mm-hmm. purposely kind of seeming aloof mm-hmm. not at all like emotional or expressing any sort of happiness or warmth anymore <sighs> sad and he's like Shh. you know he's walking and then he he's more walking it's the land you know they were these like these reeds and barrels and you know the, the setting is well done um very gloomy a lot of mist nighttime and then he says messenger fourth and we have you know the the mist coming out of his mouth i guess it's cold and the messenger steps out there's all these reeds which i wonder if there's a meaning for them what are they called um cat's tail yes thank you cat's tails and um the messenger says leader has a mission for you purple hyacinth a royal spy and he gives them a paper with the sex symbol to get rid of. All instructions are enclosed within the letter. And Kieran, it's this beautiful panel here, gorgeous face, beautiful. Let us all take a moment <laughs> to appreciate. And he looks just intent. And it's, you know, it's just him going from this bliss and beauty to like duty and 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 you know, misery. And it's just that sadness that resoluteness but that sadness on his face you know the 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 strengthening the hardening himself to to bear what has to be done and to become a totally different person when he has to you know when he becomes the purple hyacinth yeah and the worst part is as well um well one like two things one like he looks down at his hands again because you know him in his hands and see the blood on his hands like we don't even need to see the blood at this point (laughs) to know what's there because we've seen Mm. it so many times so like i kind of appreciate that he's just kind of like uh, I have to use these hands to kill again. Uh, but it is also because at first I was like, okay, who's being assassinated? Because I was thinking at first, it was like, oh, if it's Messenger 4, it wouldn't be, wouldn't it be Messenger 7 if it was Nera since it's Apostle 7? But no, in the episode when he finds out about Nera, Redcliffe is like, go and tell 4 that I need this person dealt with or whatever. And I was just like, oh no, he's, it's, it's Nera. He's been ordered to kill Nera. Ugh. I mean, we know so far that she won't die because we see her in the one month later. He's dead thing. So we know <laughs> that nothing happens to her. But I'm just there like, Kieran, you need to do your, your bestie a solid and tell her that you have to assassinate her girlfriend. Like, you need to, you need to not let this happen, my brother, my boy. Don't, don't, don't Wait, let anything what if, happen to Pelosi. What if even worse, this is like a crazy theory. What if he does kill... No, never mind. That makes no sense. No, okay. What if he try? No, what if he tries to kill Nira and Bella comes to rescue Nira and kills Kieran? But that that goes Mother. against everything he said about their friendship, right? And how they kind of look look out look out for each other and stuff, and like how much conviction he has in like all that stuff. So. Also, I don't think he'll be killed at this point, honestly. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he this. I feel like this might be the first assassination that he might try to avoid or try to like hinder or stop if he can it could also not be nera joy who do you think it is joy i don't know someone Nera seems to be the strongest contender in my just simply because i think there's a lot more more room story-wise for it to go like if it was Nera, he's assigned to kill and he decides he just can't do it he might try to consult lauren with how they can like get away maybe 
fake her death and that would give us a reason for Nera to be connected with Lauren and be familiar with Kieran's cave because maybe they like kind of spirit her away and he gives them like one of, and he Ooh. tries to give them like a corpse or something mm-hmm. of some some woman who's already dead and say to say see I've done it like, yeah I could see that as well yeah because why would Nero know about the cave right yeah. so that could be a thing where he's kind of doing Bella a solid and like taking her in because as far as we know the, the phantom sex doesn't know about the cave either since they've met in the cave before when his apartment was potentially being watched so mm-hmm. that's a good idea but yeah I feel like he would potentially he's definitely gonna tell Bella I think but I feel like he could enlist Lauren as well and I I'm really interested in seeing the implications of what goes on with that yeah as you both know <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking it could still be like Dawkin and Stefan, but yeah, I see that Nero is the most likely potential candidate, but whatever. Maybe Dawkin and Stefan. <laughs> Royal spies. And, well, not confirmed, but maybe. <laughs> but yeah, exciting drama. Do you want to talk about your, your, your theory for next episode, Bundan? Oh, yeah. Um. So uh around the time that Soph was had finished working on this episode because she would put up like previews so we can kind of tell when she's working on certain episodes on her Instagram story she put up one of Lauren like lifting her blanket up to her chest or something and people were like oh my god what is happening here so like I, I saw that picture again I, I was like going through my phone and I saw that and I was like oh my what if Kieran like immediately or not immediately he might still think he's being watched or whatever but like he goes to Lauren in the night who's still awake in her bed thinking about all these things and he's up on her balcony and then he she like lets him in and then he tells her about the thing with Nera and that's when they start to plan everything and then he maybe kind of lets go and kind of expresses more of his like sadness and regret for having to do it and not wanting to kill her like that's why he's going to learn for help and she kind of listens and like like assures him that that they can you know work on it together and that like she's there to help him and, and whatever and she's like I want it so bad now I don't want to have my hopes up but I want it so bad now mm-hmm. I know that would be amazing be awesome oh, okay well we have three minutes left so what's your favorite panel guys Here's our I mean I feel I feel this is just yes. beautiful like he just looks so good even though he looks so intense but I think it's the intensity is part of it but also like the friends. Yeah, that is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the friends one is my favorite panel. It's like, it's so happy. Like mm-hmm. you can do a screenshot or something. This is like <coughs> so blissful. And yes, we know that it's probably all gonna come crashing down before too long. But for a moment it's like like the lighting and this is just so peaceful. And you just wanna grab onto that moment and hold it forever. Yeah, I feel like those two are like the standout individual panels, but also the entire date was just beautiful. Yes, and I love them so much. I mean, there's so many panels, but I'm gonna go with this, which you obviously okay, see just like well. listening to her. Yeah, the one where he's like just I can't hear her words anymore, but he's just zoned out in bliss. Yes, <laughs> yes I feel like that is a good choice, Mindy. Oh, they're beautiful. I mean, the friends one, and the, they're all there's so many nice panels. Yes all right well this was a fantastic episode thanks so much for coming on such a pleasure so much fun oh i'm still dying over this it's very very good times that's gorgeous all right thank you so much ladies thanks for having us again yes thank you all right have a good week good night Bye. bye bye Thank you to my current patrons, Susie, Lady Libris, Lily, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Joe, Rochelle, Saucer Tuggles, Anne Rose, Alexa, Misty, Joanne, Esther, and Watching You People, Emily, Jean, Jen, Kay, Lily, Beckett, Christine, Sadie, Teresa, Mrs. Gastaldo, and Emma Cora. Your support is truly appreciated. 